Hi, everyone, and welcome to Audio Note number 16. My name is Andrew Robinson. We are, as you know, entering a new chapter in your journey towards selfship. And as I said in the previous note, we are going to expand your awareness of the two primary sources that inform and guide how you show up in the world literally every day, personally and professionally. And those two sources are your narrative and your nature. And we're going to begin with your nature. And as I define it, your nature includes literally everything that was woven into you before you were born. I mean, these are the things literally we had no choice over. They were just given to us. These are are your fixed features. Whether you want it or not, here you go. This is what you got. And what we are going to focus on of those fixed features, we are going to focus on your personality, your temperament, because your personality is what influences how you show up every single day at home, at work. And personality, as I'm defining it, is a set of tendencies that inform your perception of the world and your response to it. Each of us has a unique means by which we take in information, assign meaning, and formulate decisions. And over time, a distinct pattern forms that's really unique to who we are, and we call that our personality. And you may have noticed other people have different personalities. They take in information differently. They assign different meanings to it. They make different decisions based on it and so forth. So that's what we're really going to focus on. And a good portion of my work focuses on helping people identify their authentic personality, their nature. However, in that effort, I consistently run into a few obstacles. The first is that we have all developed so many learned behaviors. You wouldn't be where you are without learning how to, figuratively speaking, write with your non-dominant hand. These are behaviors that don't necessarily come easy to you initially, but over time, because you do them repeatedly, they actually become part of who you are. You may actually think this is who you are until you start realizing, actually, even though I'm really good at this thing, it drains me. That's part of why I assigned you that audit in the last audio note was to pay attention to things that energize you because that helps us get beneath those learned behaviors to the things that truly energize you and are uniquely part of who you are in your nature. The second thing that we need to navigate as we go through this, and ultimately we'll get to it in more detail, is your narrative. Because depending on how you were raised, where you were raised, who raised you, different conditions that were in place, your temperament will show up differently. I do believe your personality and your temperament is fixed. It's given to you before you're even born, but its expression will vary depending on your narrative. And so part of what's difficult in this work is getting beneath the narrative to your authentic nature, especially if you've experienced trauma or any sort of hardship through life um, in which you were treated poorly um, in in various, and we can go on in, in the various ways that unfortunately many of us have experienced trauma and hardship and pain. And that can influence how we show up in a huge way because what we learned to do is actually develop Developed adaptive behaviors. And then, like our learned behaviors, these adaptive behaviors start showing up and we come to think that's who we are when in fact we are something entirely different. And as we learn to feel safe, as we do this kind of exploration that we're doing through selfship, we actually start tapping into our authentic nature. The other thing that's difficult, the third thing, is our unconscious competence, meaning if you and I were having a conversation and and I was helping you identify your superpowers, what's truly uniquely part of your nature and your temperament and your personality, 
you're likely actually to neglect a lot of your natural giftedness because to you, it's so natural. It's like asking a fish about the water that surrounds it. You don't even think about it because you, for you, this comes natural. This is like you do it without even thinking. That's why we call it an unconscious competence. You're so good at it. You don't even realize how good you are. That's why I asked you to, or challenged you to think about, have you ever had someone come up to you and go like, how did you do that? Those are the kinds of things that give us insight into potentially our unconscious competence. Because otherwise we go through life thinking, well, can't everybody just do this? Isn't, isn't this, this just isn't that big of a deal. So why would I pay much attention to it? All right. So those are the three, the three obstacles, uh, the learned behaviors, and then ultimately your narrative, which informs your adaptive behaviors and then your unconscious confidence. So a variety of personality assessments, as you know, are out there that attempt to transcend these challenges and really get at our true personality. And from the research I've seen, there's a surprising level of accuracy actually across the board with all the different assessments. They're about 80 to 90% accurate when you take them online. While there are dozens of tests out there, the one that I use with my clients is called Five Voices, and many of you are familiar with that. It was developed by Steve Cockrum, and he was using MBTI for years with companies around the world. And while few instruments, in my opinion, rival MBTI and its ability to clarify someone's personality, um, Steve noticed that leaders struggled on a number of levels with MBTI, and you probably struggle with this as well. The first is trying to remember what are the four letters? You know, I, I run into this all the time with, with companies where it's like, oh yeah, we did MBTI and I'll ask, so, so what were you? Do you remember what you were? And, and they're like, oh gosh, oh, what am I? I'm an E F and it's like, no, it's can't be F. Um, yeah, <laughs> I can't remember it, which I'm the same way. I mean, I remembering four letters, it's funny how difficult that is. The second question I will often ask, and, and sometimes people do remember it, you know, they're, they're like, I'm an ENFP and it's like, okay, great. And in that case, my second question is, what have you done with it? And at that point, it gets a little bit quiet usually because the story goes, and you're probably familiar with this, is you do these personality assessments and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're this and I'm that. And there's all this, I mean, it's awesome. There's great insight. But then where do you go with it? And eventually, you know, you might print out a piece of paper, sit, put on your door, get some colored Legos, put it on your desk or whatever animal you are, put it out there. And that's about as far as it goes. And what I love about Five Voices and, and why we use it with, with Giant is because it elucidates who you are in a way that's memorable, but it's also operational. It doesn't just stop with these insights. So what I want to do is walk you through that because it really is, Five Voices in my mind is the iPhone of personality assessments in terms of its usability and its accessibility and its ability, like I said, to operationalize throughout an entire organization. So Voices is based on the assumption that we all have all five voices. Literally, you have these voices, I have these voices, and it's just that some of them come more naturally to us than others. Uh, I've long been enormously skeptical about these these kinds of assessments, even cynical about these personality assessments, because I just didn't think you could capture the complexity of a human being with a label or a number or an animal. And what really drew me to voices and what resonated was the fact that we all have these five voices, depending on where we're at. You may say like, I don't have a creative bone in my body. And then, okay, let's watch what happens when you lock your keys in your car. You're going to get pretty creative pretty fast. You do have a creative bone in your body, turns out. It just may not be your go-to. And that's what I love about five voices is it helps us identify which are those voices that are most natural to us and which are least natural to us. 
So I'm going to walk you through my complex identity framework. This is down the road after narrative. But what I love is that it, it maps really well with five voices. And again, like I said, that's what really drew me to it. So like I said, many of you are familiar with five voices. But for those of you that are new to it, I just want to walk through it briefly and give a high level assessment and then encourage you to take the online assessment. I'm going to put a link in the show notes that you can follow if you haven't done this already. Um, but again, as we go through this, I just want you to keep in mind, we do have all five voices. Some come more naturally to you than others. And what I want you to do is just pay attention to the one that actually is least natural to you. Meaning as I go through these, you're thinking like, oh my gosh, I can't believe there are people out there in the world like this. That's so different from who I am. Um, The other thing is, is don't assume that you know what the voice means based on the title, because as you'll see, some of these titles may be misleading. And I just want you to suspend your associations with those titles. And as we go through this, I just want you to, again, play with it. There's no right answer. It can take months or even years for you to really get comfortable and confident in your voice order. And that's okay. So I'm going to work through these voices from what the lowest volume to the highest volume. And when you think volume, don't think in terms of loudness, think in terms of force. So remember, all you're concerned about is which voice resonates the least to you. And then if you want to think about which one resonates the most, because then we can backfill in between. All right, the quietest voice or the least forceful voice is what we call the nurturer voice. And the superpower of the nurturer is their ability to foster relational harmony. It's unbelievable. They are the glue that holds people together. And they're the lubricant that enables teams to operate without much friction. A friend of mine calls it the glubricant. <laughs> Natures are, n- nurturers are the glubricant. For this reason, you know, a lot of nurturers struggle with conflict and confrontation. Fortunately for our world, given the giftedness and the natural superpower of nurtures, uh, 43% of the population have nurture as their first or foundational voice, all right? The second quietest voice or the second uh, or the second least forceful voice is the creative. And creatives see the future better than anyone else. That's their superpower. Uh, I always imagine creatives being like a head or two taller than everyone else. In other words, they can see over the crowd at what's coming in a way that is truly remarkable. However, a lot of times people struggle because creatives have so many ideas going through their brain. It's like a lotto ball machine. And so when they open their mouth and the ball shoots out, sometimes you're wondering like, where on earth did that come from? And how does that have any bearing on what we've been talking about for the last half an hour? About 9% of the world are first voice or foundational voice creatives. All right, the third voice is guardian. And this is like the middle voice. Uh, We've done nurture, we've done creative, now guardian. And the superpower of a guardian is getting at the truth. Guardians have both feet firmly grounded, like I want to say like buried in the earth. They're so ultra grounded in present realities Everyone on the team can be super excited about an idea. Like, let's go. We're super excited to move forward to this. And the guardian is like completely unswayed. And oftentimes they'll say, hey, I just have a few questions about this concept that we've been talking about before we move forward. And when they say a few questions, typically that means like 20. And they have this way of then getting to the truth by asking questions and whittling it down. And before you know it, they've brought the team back to reality. And as irritating as that might be for everyone that's super excited about the idea, 
guardians are enormously grounding and and efficient and they love these processes and so to be able to really let them lean in on that on a team is a powerful thing so this tendency as you might expect does create friction on teams or can create friction especially if they don't know what's going on that's why this is so powerful when you bring this to teams and they start seeing like okay that's why that's why this person's you know challenging but then you can actually work to help what we call liberate that person Um, but they're about 30 percent of the population are first voice guardians um, as their foundational voice so if you have ever been part of a team where you know let's say you're on a team of 8 10 12 people and one or two people dominate this is why because if you add up the math there you've got 43 percent nurturers right and you've got nine percent creatives and 30 percent guardians you get 82 percent of the population and these are the least forceful of all the voices so what ends up happening is that the two more forceful voices that we're about to get to tend to dominate meetings and that's not to speak disparagingly about the two remaining voices but just to point out this dynamic and why 82 percent think about that four out of five people tend to get marginalized overlooked they don't feel heard this is why you're looking at it all right so think of the final two voices as the power voices although they operate in very different ways this fourth voice that we're talking about are, are what we call connectors and they are the fourth in order of volume and they are enormously gifted and their power is in the power of persuasion as you might expect their superpower is connecting with people they bring people together like huge networks they have like 500 or more best friends when you meet them they have this spooky ability to make you think that they are your best friend until you see them do that with like 100 other people Um, they are incredibly gifted in pulling together not only people but also budgets and resources Think of a creative as coming up with ideas and opportunities that never existed before or out of nothing, ex nihilo. Connectors, they take ideas that have already existed and they come up with unbelievably creative combinations. They're pattern recognizers, enormously gifted in that way. However, one of the weaknesses is they bake themselves into their ideas and they bake their ideas into themselves, which is one of their real weaknesses. Because if you go to criticize their idea that they're presenting and they'll sell the stew out of whatever idea they're excited about, they will take it personally and they'll crater um, because they sense that you're criticizing them. Whereas some of the other voices, like the one we're about to get to, as well as the Guardians, are like, hey, let the best idea win. They're really not that attached to their ideas. Not so with connectors. They are in- incredibly attached to their ideas um, and incredibly persuasive. And, and that really is their power, their superpower. And they make up 11% of the population. That leaves us with the most forceful of all the voices, which are called the pioneers. And winning is their primary driver. That's their superpower. Uh, They wrap together vision, resources, people into this powerful strategy that helps them and the team and the organization win. They communicate this strategy with compelling force bringing together like logic and rationale and plans and it's just this like really fully formed concept 
that's incredibly persuasive to other people that listen. This is, you know, they'll essentially come to the team like, this is what we're going to do. This is why we're doing it. This is who's doing it and when. And they'll spell it all out in, in, in a really tight package that moves the team forward. Problems arise on teams when people threaten that vision or the, the pioneer perceives that someone is threatening that vision. Or if the pioneer doesn't see a person as being particularly helpful to their vision, they will tend to leave them out. So that can create some challenges as well. Uh, pioneers cr- pioneers comprise 9% of the population as their foundational voice. So much of the frustration comes about because we think everyone's like us until we start realizing they're not. So you watch someone perform a task and you're like fully mystified. You're like, why on earth would you do it that way? Uh, when I was first learning about Five Voices, I was on a board and one of the board members drove me crazy and I am 100% certain that I drove them crazy. But once I learned that we had the opposite voice order, suddenly I went from being irritated by this person to gaining an incredible appreciation for what this person brought to the team. This guy has gifts, this guy's abilities that I will literally never have in my lifetime. So instead of being irritated, I was like, this guy is an enormous asset. How can I work to free him up to bring more of him to this team? We're not all the same. We have profound fundamental differences in our personality. And whether you use voices or another personality framework, my question to you is, how much have you integrated your knowledge of your personality into your life? How well do you even know that part of your nature that's truly your superpowers? For a lot of people, it seems kind of like a novelty that quickly wears off, like I said earlier. You get these insights and you're like, oh, wow, this is super interesting. I'm this and you're that and I'm a golden retriever and you're whatever. And over time, that just wears off. But if you truly own these unique sets of gifts and weaknesses, you show up as a different person. You know how to bring the greatest value contribution to your life and your work. You also know what triggers you and why Because every unique personality has its own set of triggers and its own self-protections that come out in response to those triggers. So when you spike on the reactivity scale, you can actually work toward regulation using your narrative. And that's why I gave that example in the last audio note on how I used my nature to go, of course, time-wasting. This is a huge trigger for my temperament, for my voice order. And I was able to go there and then by processing it, I was able to bring myself back into some self-regulation. Your personality, your nature isn't a novelty. It's literally the fingerprint of God. It's a piece of art. You are unlike any other person on the planet. My question is, do you actually know that? And how well do you know that? If you don't act on this knowledge, I submit you don't actually know your nature very well. Your next step is to deepen that knowledge and your awareness of what truly makes you different. You have been given an enormous set of gifts, an enormous set of insights. You see things. You are able to process things and contribute in ways that I will never be able to do. We're not talking about labeling you or like putting a number on you so much as we're trying to get you to see those underlying genius tendencies 
that differentiate you as a unique human being and the contribution you bring. So we have literally just scratched the surface with five voices. There's a ton more that you can go into. If you're not familiar with it, like I said, I will put a link in the show notes and would just recommend you sign on to the giant platform. It's $10 a month. It's like next to nothing. As you see, what you get for that is unbelievable. Just take your five voices assessment and then start watching the videos about your unique voice and you'll start being able to self-assess and go, gosh, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. This sounds just like me. Or you'll be like, eh, part of this is, part of this isn't. And if that's the case, then watch one that's similar to you. So if you test, for example, as a nurture guardian, you watch nurture guardian, like, eh, like kind of, that doesn't quite resonate. Great. Watch guardian nurture. If you're a creative connector pioneer and you watch those and you're like, no, that seems like a little bit harsh to me. Great. Look at creative connector nurture and just start playing with it. Try it on like you're trying on different jackets or whatever until you find the one that fits you well. Now, it may take months, like I said, or even years to get 100% confidence in your voice order. And as you're doing it, I just want to remind you, the challenge here is to get beyond those learned behaviors that you've developed, whether just professional learned behaviors or adaptive behaviors from your narrative that you've developed and had to work through. Be able to sift through those and get underneath the surface as you go through this. And I know that's hard, but that's why I had you really start paying attention to those unconscious competencies, those things that energize you, because that's really what we want to focus on in terms of clarifying your voice order. Okay, so that's it for now. I'll share a few other considerations about your nature in the next audio note before we get into narrative. But for now, I just want to challenge you to really consider what are those unique unconscious competencies that have been given to you for your time on this earth. And as you go through that, you're going to discover those conscious incompetencies. And that's going to be your fifth voice as you go through five voices, your conscious incompetencies. Meaning as you get there, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm terrible at these things. Uh, Like I said, I can't imagine anyone going through life with, with this voice. But again, this is all about us becoming the most regulated, the most grounded person in the room. And because so much of how we show up draws from our nature, I want to make sure that before we go further, that you have a really solid idea of your unique temperament, your unique personality, because that is a huge piece of your nature that we're going to build on as we move forward. So where are you right now? Maybe you're in a bus or maybe you're on a walk or um, driving, wherever you are. I am just glad that you are here. It's a joy to go through this journey with you. Thanks again for all of you, um, all of your contributions and questions. Enjoy interacting with you on these and look forward to picking up with this in audio note number 17. All right. Take care, everyone.